One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome back to the Richfield podcast everybody. We've got another guest on the episode this week. They're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. They're getting bigger. Yeah, I feel more chilled. You were you were really good today. I don't like to give you praise, Rick, but you really were on form today, I'll be honest. <laughs> so, today we have um I almost feel like I need some stats on him, but let's not beat around the bush. We've got Robbie Williams on the podcast today. Sold a squillion albums worldwide. He's, how many albums did he say he's had? 16 albums. That's ludicrous. Basically, if you if you don't know who Robbie Williams are, it is you must be in a, in America. I don't think he's super super famous in America, but basically over here he is music royalty. Yeah, he is one of the, the most famous, most recognisable people here in the UK across Europe, pretty much globally. I, I would imagine. Yeah, um, spends a lot of time in living in LA in the UK. Um, the reason why we got him on the podcast because he's a massive golf fan. I obviously knew from you as a golfer and a golf fan, I didn't realise how much he was into it and also he's played for like all his life in bits and bats, which we'll come on to in the episode. So you might remember last year, uh, we made a, I made a video of Robbie Williams. I stayed at his house down in Wiltshire. It's amazing. Really, really cool. A couple of days. I was like, ooh, friend. <laughs> <laughs> no big... Hey, listen. Did no you play big... hide and seek in his house? <laughs> <laughs> it's bloody massive, believe me. Uh, no big deal. But we bring we talk about that in the podcast as well about what my reaction was when he first started following me on Instagram. Um, and, and we just talk about, you know what? I think I feel, even though he's a ridiculously A-lister um, celebrity, he was dead chilled. Yeah. He, he was really down to earth on the chat. And I really think he speaks like a normal golfer. Does that he make does. sense? He, he's, I think that's what I'm realizing from speaking to some of these people we've had recently. And hopefully we can continue to get big guests that no matter how famous you are, how much money you are, golf still beats you. Golf's bloody hard. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless. And he was saying that he's got, you know, he's got time, he's got money, he's done all right for himself. Yeah. Yet he still doesn't feel like he can crack it with those kind of formulas. So it's really interesting. It's a good one. It's, um, like I say, it was a bit more chilled out. I've, I've had a chance to meet Rob a few times already. Um, it was easy for me today. I really enjoyed it because I really sat back and just asked the odd little thing here and there. He obviously talks like mad and he's so good at talking clearly. It's Robbie Williams. You know him well, so you were comfortable. I just sat back and enjoyed it. So, without further ado, uh, we don't actually have a sponsor for this week's podcast, so I don't know I don't know what's going to happen. Our no. sponsorship with the, the open, uh, let's not even give them a free plug anymore, no, I'm joking, <laughs> with the open podcast has come to an end. Um, so hopefully we'll get something set up soon. Um, Can we do rock, paper, scissors again for the jingle? Okay. So, one, wait, we're going to have to keep a running score of this. Sam, one, one, one nil. Okay, ready? Moment. Wait, 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 let me think about tactical reasons here. Let me think. Okay. One, two, three. Oh, yes. he's won, he's got paper, I'd rock. Can I count you in then? Of course you can. Five, 
four, three, two, one. Let the podcast begin. Um, should, should, are we, are we going to start the podcast? Yeah, let's start it. Yeah, because we'll save all of that. <laughs> <laughs> How's your beard? It's coming along. I'm, I've decided I'm going to grow it now till about March time. See how it goes. Are, are you going to shape it though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still trim it. Still keep on top. Yeah. You know. I, otherwise, class. otherwise the wife would be complaining. You know what I mean? It's just, just, it's just class that beard. <laughs> Can you grow a beard? Uh, I look like a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of wi- wi- wiry and unkempt and uh yeah i just look like i i need locking up <laughs> <laughs> brilliant are we good to start are you recording your end everything yeah, going yeah, yeah. good yeah yeah so after having a good chat about the beard rob thanks for joining us on the podcast absolute pleasure to be here mate nice to see you both I'm excited to chat golf with you a lot today, but also just just chat in general. How has life been in Robbie Williams's world of craziness? What's been happening in uh, in the last twelve months? Well, I went to do uh, a gig um, for Formula One in Australia, and I was in Los Angeles, and this whole COVID was just like a rumor you know it was something that was happening in china and uh miley cyrus was playing the night before and my management phoned up and they said miley cyrus is pulled out and i and in my head i went wuss i'm going <laughs> so i got on a plane flew to australia and then the gig got cancelled and then all of a sudden it went from like naught to a thousand and, you know, you're sort of lackadaisical about the whole thing. And then all of a sudden it felt like the apocalypse. Like within 24 hours, it was very, very apparent that something incredibly different was happening to the planet that hadn't happened before or at least in living memory. So uh, I flew back to Los Angeles and when I got back, it took 15 to 20 minutes to get from the airport to my house. That's a journey that normally takes, sometimes it can be an hour and a half. And it was overcast. And I was Googling online and there was this like swarm of locusts that nobody knew about in Africa. And there's billions of them. And I was like, oh my God, it's the apocalypse. It's the end. Of course, it's the end. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't get to my family because I had to quarantine and uh, because I couldn't get to, to my family and because of what the media was portraying this whole thing to be, um, I got very, very fearful. And, and when I get fearful, this is a really long answer, by the way. I'm Don't really worry. sorry. I, I, okay. You know what I said? I said to Guy, I said one thing. We're going to get Rob on the podcast. We're not going to struggle for things to talk about. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, good. Thank you. So uh, I, I was raised Catholic. And then I became an atheist. And then I found the first thing that I did was get on my knees and go, hi, Jesus, it's me, um, <laughs> Robbie. Um, listen, mate, I know I'd said and I've thought, well, just in case. Anyway, <laughs> cut a long story short. The uh, Well, cut a long story longer. The new normal became the new normal. And um, we settled down to being a family and being together and me not having to go to work 
in short, that's basically what's happened. Well, that's 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 a good answer. And like I say, crazy year, but it's good to be able to chat to you. Good to chat to you and see you. Obviously, doing so well with the Christmas song coming out again. That's exciting. And uh, and want to just dive into your golf. Obviously, mm. was it now? It was last September, so before the world went crazy. When yep. I managed to come and spend a bit of time with you, and we want to dive into that a little bit as well. Um, first off, we start off with any guest. Guy's got some quick fire questions for you. Now, okay. they are quick fire, Robbie. They're kind of either or questions, but feel free on any of them to elaborate. Um, some of them are what we give to all our guests, and a couple have been tailored more to you, which obviously you'll see. So, first one nine holes or the driving range? Hmm. Nine holes. I think that is the, that's the, that's the one, one, isn't it? Netflix yeah. or YouTube? Um, YouTube, but Netflix, if they give me a really good deal. <laughs> <laughs> Favourite song you've ever recorded? Favourite song I've ever recorded is one that you, not a lot of people know. Uh, was cut, there's th- three one called Into the Silence, off Take the Crown. One called Ghosts, off Intensive Care and Feel. So that's that's interesting one because they're not probably the ones that a lot of people would maybe answer that same question. You know, who, who they're not particularly your hits, are they? The ones that you're saying you're most fond of there. Yeah, you see what happens is you get to release an album and... Uh, you kind of go, well, what will grab people's attention? What's the most pop? What's the most commercial? And uh, I, I look back at my career over the 13 albums and wistfully think uh, about at least 10 or 12 tracks that I should have gone with instead of, you know. And that's, that's interesting. You know, yeah, it's not, I mean, you know, so not doesn't weigh heavy on me, but I'd be like, I, I, I do, you know, as you become a dinosaur in the music industry and you go forward with this plethora of greatest hits that people want to hear. Um, yeah, I, I kind of think to myself, oh, I wish I had that in my armory and I wish I had that in my armory, but I have what I have and I'm blessed. So do you, do you think you're, sorry to elaborate on this question, do you feel like your personal greatest hits would be very different to the personal, to the greatest hits you may release out into the public, let's say? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, the reason uh, I asked that, it, it, I am, sorry, I'm almost thinking of it from my YouTube channel as well. Like, there's probably 10 videos that I'm most proud of that are the ones that have maybe improved the most golfers, but maybe 10 more, I don't know, more popular ones, maybe the ones that people would expect me to re- you know, release or be most fond of. So it's interesting hearing it from your side as well, obviously. Yeah, I, I, I guess that, you know, a ball that flies straight isn't your most favorite video. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's the thing though like rick said we've done that video it's had like three million hits and then we went to a couple of years ago the european tour qualifying school made an amazing mini documentary about these guys who are literally almost fighting to put bread on the table and that didn't do that well and it's like that was such a good video but yet views wise it's almost borderline a flop it's it's weird uh what does catch people's attention and what doesn't yeah and sometimes it doesn't even have to be good <laughs> you know, I, we're all looking at Rick here. <laughs> genuinely, you know, I, 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 and I'm not casting dispersions over what is or isn't good from your videos. I'm just talking about, you know, my songs. 
But I've had uh, I've had songs that I think this one's a cert, this one's gonna smash it, and then pied. You know, oh. it is what it is. Yeah. But um, you know, you are golf's premier YouTuber, and um, I have done pretty well in the pop charts, so I can't complain. Good, good. Tiger Woods or Jack Nicklaus? Tiger Woods. Drive in or put in? Put in right now. Interesting. This one's not the best question, but it's quite relevant for the um, the world we're living in right now. Zoom call or face to face meeting? Well, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because you know, I've just done a load of promo for my Christmas album, all from my house. Mm. Now, normally. I could be in three countries in one day. Wake up in a country, get on a plane, go to another country, and then in the evening arrive at another country and do a bunch of interviews and walk red carpets and do all of those things. The energy of that, uh, whilst it being an interesting job and weird and wonderful, is really, really draining. This time, I've done everything from basically my living room. And that's weird too because... You know, there's your pop star clothes that you put on and you become that guy. And then there's daddy clothes and your your husband clothes. And then, you know, you're sort of in the living room, farting about. And then all of a sudden you have to go on a Zoom call and be a pop star in Mexico. So I I, I obviously prefer the first one. The I, I obviously prefer face-to-face. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, Zoom has its upsides too. Um, I like contact. I like people. Yeah. So I'll go with face-to-face. First app you open in the morning? Uh, it's my um, fitness app that I've got on my phone because I'm addicted to doing steps. Mm. How, many, uh, how many are you trying I, to do? Well, I have been doing 20,000 a day Whoa. when I'm not working, which is... Just short of 10 miles every day. But while I've been working, I, I make sure that I do 10,000 every day without fail. That's a good habit to get into that with the steps because I try and do that. I think it's one of those things where, it's not, this sounds really obvious now, but when you have a day where you don't do a lot, you actually realise how little you've moved. Mm. When you use your apps on your phone and you watch, you think, wow, I've done like 2,000 steps. Yeah. That's horrendous. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then when you've had a busy day, you go, oh my God, I've done 20 or 1,000. Yeah. It's like crazy. Okay, another golf. Well, here's the thing. Sorry, here's the thing about golf, right? If you carry your clubs, eighteen holes, you are sort of roughly doing twelve thousand to fifteen thousand steps. You are also burning one thousand two hundred calories. So golf is incredible for fitness. Yes. It is. It's good. It's a benefit that's probably not advertised enough, if I'm honest. That's true. Um, right, a couple of golfy ones then. I've got uh, only three left. Favourite golf brand, Robbie? Uh, Favourite golf brand? Well, I believe what PXG have actually done to cement themselves as the sort of Lamborghini of golf clubs is really impressive. Um, and I enjoy using their irons. But there's something about Ping that taps into my old school sensibilities and they're the sort of clubs that were the unobtainium mm-hmm. when i was growing up the beryllium uh, irons 
let's yeah. say, for example, which were just like, you know, you, you had to be Bill Gates to own a set of those clubs. <laughs> so um, the ones that play on my heartstrings are Ping. And, and what's mad, both companies there are almost pretty much neighbours to each other, both in Arizona. A lot of the Ping architects were taken by PXG to start building all their new equipment, so they're very closely linked. I'll tell you, here's a mad, yeah. a mad one. I went to Ping one time, and John Solheim, um, who's the grandson of the main first original owner, I think it might have been his dad, actually. Either way, they had in the house in, in Arizona... An iron, so a proper pink eye, iron-shaped swimming pool in the garden. That's sick. With grooves, oh, wow. with grooves and everything. So when you look from above, it literally like an iron head wow. with grooves on. Wow, <laughs> that's so cool. Right, last couple of these short questions. Then um, Augusta, right? You can play Augusta, but it's on your own, and there's, you, you can't take any pictures. You've got the luxury of playing eighteen holes at Augusta, but on your own, no evidence or anything like that. Or you can play eighteen holes with Tiger at your local track. Again, no evidence. Yeah, You're not no allowed to share anything of either experience. Um, I think I'd go with Augusta. Over Tiger. Yeah, what did you guys say? Well, weirdly, I have actually also said Augusta. Yeah, <laughs> Rick says, laughing at your response, he said the same. But everybody we've asked so far has picked Tiger. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, that would be a dream come true. But, you know, I might have a chance of playing golf with Tiger. Mm. I, I, I don't know if I'll get a chance to play at Augusta. Yeah, I fair. feel you've got a better chance than most. Of either. <laughs> may, it, it may, you know, my, my life is weird and wonderful and it may happen. So I might, I might be able to do both. Okay, last one of these I'll go with questions Augusta. then. Yeah, fair dues. Um, you're going on a week's holiday and you're taking, obviously, a phone or something, whatever it might be, a music player, essentially. But you can only listen to one artist for that whole week. Which artist would you pick? Narcissistically, I'm going to pick me. And i tell you why. Because I'm constantly writing new songs. This year, I may have written 70 songs. Wow. There was, in, th- in three weeks, I wrote 27 songs. Right? Yeah. So I've got, enough, I've got enough material for about, I'd say, five or six albums. Oh, and crap. When you've written when you've written that many songs, basically what you then do is spend it spend all the time whittling the lyrics and thinking, well, I'll change this to make it better, or having ideas about the production. So it wouldn't be my old stuff at all, but it'd be all the new stuff that uh, I'm building and making. Do you ever think of like a song when you're in the car or something, or playing golf, and think that's going to be class, and then just forget it? Um. No, no, I, 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 no, I don't. But do, you, do you like write it down or how do you remember it? Or do you just not think of it at those? Do you have to be in a certain mindset to write songs down? Well, I, I've got these things on my computer and, you know, notes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I've got hundreds of these pages of notes of things that um, I've written down that I've heard, like the poetry of the everyday. You might say something today that takes my fancy and I'll write it down. And sometimes, some days, I'll write 10 to 20 things down. Other weeks, I might write one to two things down. But it all adds up over years and years and years. And um, 
I can't remember the question. Sorry, I've drifted. No, no, the, but, the question was... Like, did you ever forget them and yeah, stuff you when you think about oh, them? Oh, yeah, yeah, or? no, no. Oh, yeah, so this is, this is what happened the other day, right? I never, ever go on Twitter, ever, because it, it's just like self-laceration. And what did I have out? I had... I was on something or I had a song out or something and my narcissistic personality took me to go and check out Twitter just to see what people were saying. And, you know, this such the worst thing to do. Anyway, the top thing was a guy just laying into me. Awful, awful nastiness. And he'd just written a book and uh, he's got quotes from his book. So I... And and about four or five of them are very, very lyrical. So I've stolen his best quotes from his book and I'm going to put them into a song really soon just to piss him off. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Nothing he can do about it. <laughs> well, imagine when he's listening to that going, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is interesting. I've never asked this question to, obviously, I think you're the only person I know that's a music artist. Are you really good at poetry as well? Like, if you were to write poetry, can you do it? That's what I started doing. Because, you know, writing songs seemed like it belonged to people that lived in a different echelon than me. Because the way that people view music, they're very, very, um, I'd say pretentious, actually. An awful lot of people that think that they've been touched by the special unicorn. And you feel like they have been touched by the special unicorn and you feel like you haven't. And when I was in Take That, the only thing that I could really do was uh, sit down and write these poems. And I put these poems together and I recited them to people. And how annoying is that when people recite your poems? Recite poems to you. How awkward is it? Anyway, (laughs) Anyway, turns out I was good at it. You know, and um, then I just didn't understand how you turned these words into music. And then I did understand. And since then, I've never stopped. So you ask me, can I do poetry? Yes, it is what I do. That is what I do. But I've also got malady in my head. So I'm, I'm able to do that too. I'm able to set these words to music. That makes sense. You know, quick question then, Rob, on that. When you think of a song or write a song, I know this can probably vary, but how long would it typically take Typically, take from writing that song to like almost producing it and hearing it on the radio and letting people listen to it? Is it a long process to take it? Do you know, I've, sometimes I have songs that sit on my computer for five years. Oh, my word. Like um, Candy, for example. You know that song Candy yeah. I did? I had that for three years. Wow. You know, there is... There is stuff that's on my computer now that I wrote two years ago that probably won't see the light of day for another two years. Wow, that's interesting. If you wanted to, though, with modern technology and the way that works, like if you wanted a song on the radio by the end of the year, is it easier to do that right now? Like with all the technology and all the way of distributing it? Yeah, I could do, but there's no point. No. You know, if if you are... See, I've got so much riding on every release that I put out because basically it dictates whether your career is over or not. And that's how it feels. And that's how I want it to feel. You know, it's like I, I, I want that pressure. You know, so I, I want to be successful. I'm not ashamed of that. You know, I, I want to push, move the needle. I want people to talk about it. I want people to, 
to own it. And um, I don't want people to misunderstand that. It's not a financial thing that I'm talking about. This is a very more human sort of my success protects me from the wolf. You, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So when when you've got a a song, the the only point in putting a song out is when you've got your army ready to go. You know, and by army I mean, hey, listen, here's a song, here's the album. I'm going on tour. Come and see me. Yeah. So it's the, it's the whole of, deal, isn't it? There's no point in just putting a song out for the sake of no, it. No, no. You know, and like, for example, you know, this is the second year of my Christmas album. I've just done maybe a hundred interviews just to move that needle to make sure that some people know that I exist and I've got mm. a thing out. So I, it doesn't move me or take my fancy to want to release a song just for the sake of releasing a song. Yeah, so that's why you need to have this massive back catalogue. Anyway, we're, di- we're digressing here. I want to I want to chat golf. <laughs> yeah. How's your golf game at the moment? Something's happened, Rick. <laughs> I, don't, I can't tell you if that happened. smirk is a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. You know, um, you know and I'm talking to... All of those people out there that are sort of like mid-range handicap or high handicap, 28, 20, 29, 30 or whatever. You know, when you get that that thing, that piece of information, you think you've cracked it. And then you go back to the course the next time and you find out that you, you really haven't cracked it at all. I think, I think a lot of people relate to that. Yeah. Delusionally, I've gone past that. Okay. And I have cracked it. <laughs> oh, wow. I have cracked it. <laughs> I have cracked it. So give give everyone give everyone uh, listening a little bit of an insight into into your into your current like stats. Let's say what what you what play have you cracked? I'm intrigued, intrigued to know now. I'm keeping people holding back. Go <laughs> what, okay, cra- what have you cracked them first? Oh no! Well, let me let me run you through what's happened. So it's been heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking, and uh, I say that with no shame either, because like to the uninitiated that don't understand golf they'll never they'll never get it but there's something about golf that attacks your ego that attacks your very soul that attacks your very spirit that actually can ruin you and how you view yourself and the world and go on you've just spoke to every single listener right now they're all everyone is nodding around the world right now going yeah uh, and it, it's, it feels like grief. And, you know, I, I, as as dramatic as this sounds, look, here's the deal with me, right? I've done all, I've done really well. I'm 46. During COVID, where I was, the golf course was open. I could go there every day. So I did. Did I get any better? No, I didn't. Did I go backwards? Yeah, I went backwards. Like I went, I went out with the with the uh, with the captain of the course that I was about to join, and the guy that was in charge of um, admissions to this very very nice golf course. And I went right for eighteen holes, right, oh, just no. every single shot. I played like I was brand new to the game. Oh my God. After getting my handicap down at 12. And then it got worse. Oh my and, God. And, 
you know, you're sort of like going home to your wife. How did you get on today? Don't ask me. <laughs> Don't talk to me. You know, and, and look, here's the truth. I should be a single-figure player right now with the amount of golf that I've been able to play. I remember reading a comment underneath what, what, what the, the video that we did. And um, they were saying they, they didn't believe that I'd been playing for as little as I'd been playing or back for as long as I'd been back because I was too, um, too uh, uh, what's the word when you're... Consistent? But you, you, yeah, yeah, you're too, you, you, you're too, uh, anyway, whatever. You're better than, and, better than you should be. Yeah. Cut to a year later, I read that comment underneath your video and I'm worse than I was. <laughs> no, you know, no fault so of that's, mine, I hope. <laughs> no, not at all. I, I tell you, I tell you, I tell you what it is. I have been waiting for that one piece of information to open the door to the glory land of this being the single figure golfer. And there's two people that exist um, inside of me. And that's not a sexual reference at all. People will people understand this. There's this single digit golfer that is on top of his game, that is very proficient at golf, that understands what he's doing and what he's about to do. And then there's this other fucking idiot. <laughs> Excuse my language. But this other effing idiot can turn up for a month and inhabit my very being five times a week. You know, and you're just like, I don't know. And then you sort of have lesson after lesson and you think that they're about to deliver that vital bit of information. i tell you what's happened. Go on. I'm renting a place in the countryside. Okay. With this place in the countryside, there's a room big enough for a track man. Okay. I've had track man delivered. <laughs> My wife and the kids have been away for three weeks because I've been wor- working. Of course. I've been on the track man sometimes seven hours a day. Oh my word. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fully blown addict. I'm a fully blown addict. Anyway, so I don't know if you've ever seen Fred Astaire doing his dance routine and hitting golf balls. No. Oh, no, I have. In the, when he's like tap dancing around and he's, yeah, yeah I've seen I know it. What you mean? It was Fred Astaire that taught me how to hit the golf Shut ball properly. Up. Go on, what, yeah. what did you see? Did you just have that on repeat and <laughs> going off? No, I was just because basically what I've been doing is not even a three-quarter swing because I've been so scared of the, of the head being uncontrollable and getting back to the right place at impact. I've been doing half a swing, basically. I've not been getting there. On the track, man... Because I saw Fred Astaire just gliding about and getting the club behind his neck, basically. And, 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 and I was like, well, I'll, I'll give it a go. And then the club went back there. And then while it's back there, I'm thinking to myself, there is no way this is coming back to the ball and connected. And then, whoosh, catapult. It just went off. And I went, I've got it. Oh my God, I've got it. Anyway, cut two, one under at Adair Manor, 
on track man 18 holes and since that friend fred astaire um clip on youtube i've been in single figures every time i've been on the track man then i went to play actual golf in the real world and i had a six over with three birdies come on oh my days thanks to fred astaire how crazy is that yeah. So you feel like you're rotating further, you're not losing control, are you managing to get your hands a little bit more ahead of impact? I know that was always a little bit of a challenge. Well, um, I turn absolutely every iron into a sand wedge. Yeah. You know, that's mm. that's where I am. I, I'm sort of coming down and scooping it. And it was the bane of my life. I could only hit a nine iron 100 yards and it's not for lack of uh, swing speed. It was just that I didn't trust that the club can go further back. Yeah. That I, if you want to, you can actually see it with your left eye. That was that I've I've tried that. I'm not I'm not brave enough to do that consistently. But anyway, my nine iron's gone from a hundred yards average to now a hundred and thirty. Nice. So, uh, I, and I know that's no great shakes for a lot of people out there, but considering, you know, I, I use an eight iron a lot of the time to go 110 yards, it's, it's so uh, demeaning and uh, emasculating that, to listen, I am, I'm six foot one. I'm six foot one more than I'm six foot, right? Okay. And I'm 195 pounds. And when I box, I've got huge strength. Very, and I pat myself on the back, huge strength. And if, if this fist connects with someone, they're not getting up. How can I be that guy boxing and then get on a golf course and hit a driver average 190 yards? What is wrong with me? And that's what happens is that you sort of think... There's something wrong with me. And then you, you, you see, I play golf with people. Five foot seven. Average carry. 275, 280. Yeah. And I'm like, that's two shots for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, it, we had it when we had... It breaks uh, my heart. We, had, we, we almost did this video with this idea in mind with Eddie Hall, mm. who I know you've met obviously a few times before, World Strongman. And we wanted to see how fast he could swing it. And if he connected, how far he could hit it. And you're right. He, he could get speed, but unfortunately he couldn't make connection. And that, that is mm-hmm. golf. It is about technique. It's about that, that accuracy, that being able to find the middle, being able to compress the ball, being able to actually apply those pressure and forces onto the golf ball. Cause otherwise it's just wasted. Well, what I'm finding now is because I I trust the fact that the club can go round more. Um, I'm finding that my backswing takes longer, whereas before I was rushing my backswing to to get to the ball, mm. and it would do all manner of damage. Now it's sort of like you know, it's like I watched Im when Im was playing at uh, oh, yeah. whatever it at was, the Masters. Yeah. The Masters. Yeah, and it was like, I saw him playing. I was like, is this in slow-mo? Oh, yeah. no, 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 it's not in slow-mo. And that's, that's, that's the bit of the game that I've taken for myself. Whereas before, I was a bit of Wolf with a bit of Deshambo. So I had the sort of <laughs> Alvis hip, and then I was 
set in, you know, it's like I, I'd put the ball on the on the heel of my front foot, but then I would actually set the club about three miles away. <laughs> you know, it was just like... I, I don't uh, ever to, think uh, you had a terrible swing, obviously. Uh, been in your presence and, and seeing you hit shots. I, I agree you've got speed, definitely. And I'd agree you don't hit the potential distances you should do. But like I say, if you got a bit more compression, I, lo- I love, I, you need to send me one of those new swings where you swing longer because I've not seen you do that yet. I do think that would unlock a big, a big amount of power for you. What's really funny, what you mentioned earlier on, I can imagine Guy thinking exactly the same that, because I reckon you feel like you've got two people playing inside your body. I, I can go to the ro- driving range, Rob, like a lot of us can, and I and Rick can vouch. I can hit it like, I'm a, I'm a full handicapper, but I can hit it like a scratch handicapper, can't I? But equally, I can be a 15 handicapper with my driver. It's just, it's that's frustrating with golf, isn't it? And I, I feel like I want to be able to conquer that, but I think, sadly, with golf, I never will. It's always going to be there, isn't it? That bad well, shot. You, you know, you... You said driver or putter. You mm. know, it's like I, I don't I don't want the Russian roulette of standing on that tee yep. not knowing where this thing's gonna go. You know, so if I had two things listen, a big shout out to lab putters, they're not sponsoring me, but oh my god, that putter is like I'm cheating. Have you you got know, the big it's one? like when when I'm on yeah, the big I mean like it's she's not a beauty. <laughs> she is not She's not a beauty but at she's, all. But she's reliable. You can trust oh, her. God. And you know, yeah, you you know she's not going to run off with anyone else. Yeah. Like, you just... Trust her with the kids, man. I trust her with the kids, that putter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reviewed it. and I must admit, I was shocked about its level of performance. I really was. It just needs to, it just needs to come out with a better looking version, in my opinion. But like I say, performance, you can't fault it. Um, yeah. I think, Guy, if you spent seven hours on Trapman, though, I think one or two things would happen. You'd get amazing or yeah. you'd absolutely quit golf forever. I think it'd be the latter, probably. <laughs> but I think what's interesting, what Robbie was saying then as well, is that like, I think with the introduction of Trapman and Force, like GC Quad, etc., it's it's almost taught people even more there's two types of speed. There's clubhead speed and there's ball speed. And so many golfers, certainly younger blokes and stuff who are quite athletic, have a lot of clubhead speed because they're strong and they go to the gym. But delivering that into ball speed is a different skill altogether. Yeah, that, that is I it, this technique. I, I haven't even jumped over to that ball speed thing yet. You, you know, need it's to. Like I, I see it count. I see it countless times on your golf channel. And the only thing that I'm interested in right now, because there's been a jump up in technique, is what the clubhead speed mm-hmm. is doing. Yeah, and, you know, and distance, it, I guess. Like, yeah, and distance. Yeah. I want to rewind back time a little bit. Okay, what got you first off? into golf like where did this ever start well um there's a golf course called Burzum golf course and it's in staffordshire in stoke-on-trent where i'm from and um it's not the most salubrious area at all and plonked right in the middle of this sort of it's my home and it's my heart but like in this most unremarkable place full of beautiful people is this golf course where for 50 quid a year you can be a junior member. And um, it's a nine-hole golf course, really short. And uh, my mum loved golf. She became a member there. Oh, wow, I didn't know and that. Then, and the, Yeah, yeah, she loves golf. Yeah, she still plays. Huh? And then and Ida's playing a lot. My wife's yeah, playing yeah. a lot. And then um, I became a junior member when I was 13. 
Wow, that's that's crazy similar. My mum got me into golf, and my first yeah. membership of a club was thirteen. Mm. That's crazy. I, I I think you know. I mean, we were smack dab in the middle of two housing estates. You know, we were the we were the road that ran up the middle of two housing estates, and I think my mum did anything that she could to make sure that I didn't go down the wrong track. And, and one of those things was she gave me the gift of golf. Yeah, that's good. And then, so when you when you were a junior, 13-year-old, did you go by Rob at that point? Yeah, Robbie was the name that was given to me. I, I never liked it. I'm used, I, I'm used to it now. But uh, when I joined Take That, we had a manager. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And one day he sort of like made up this backstory for everybody. Right, Robbie, you were in Brookside. Like, no, right, Rob, you were in Brookside and your name's Robbie. And I was like, I hate that name. Because it's like what girls called me that I fancied but were older than me. <laughs> and uh, and I'd never been in Brookside. I'd never been in Brookside. And that it's a was random easy. one. It, it's a mental, absolutely mental. Anyway, so... 13-year-old so th- Rob. 13-year-old Robert yeah. at the golf club. Yeah. Were you instantly hooked? Did it take you a while? Did you get a handicap at that age? I was instantly hooked. And uh, my handicap was 18. Um, But yeah, yeah, it's it's not bad. You know, like I was 13, 14, 15, 16. And 
the uh, weather and girls permitting and playing elsewhere determined whether my sporadic addiction to golf would be, you know, everything or nothing. Yeah. And, you know, there was... The, the nearest driving range was in Wolverhampton, which is nearly an hour's drive away. So you can imagine there's kind of nowhere to practice. There's no YouTube. Nope. There's nothing to rewind and watch to see how it's done. You know, um, so I didn't get any better. And, and were, you, were you bothered about getting better at that time? Was that something you were actually, or were you just doing it one maybe to appease your mum? Did you play golf with your mum? I guess at the golf club. I, I played golf with my mum, but I wasn't playing golf to appease her. No, I, I loved, I loved the technology. I loved the equipment. Um, I loved the game. I, I loved the people, and to the de- to this day, I still do. I mean, I, I'll pat you on the back here, like you've gotten me back into uh, golf and I watched your YouTube channel uh, for, I don't know, like 18 months before I picked up a club again. But there was, um, you were playing in Dubai with a young lad and can you remember that, yeah, that, that video? Yeah. And your kindness towards him and how encouraging you were reminded me golf people in general apart from the obvious people that ruin it a little bit, but 95% of golfers are kind, nice people. Yeah, I, I and, totally uh, agree to that. And and so it was when I was growing up, you know, the people that I was playing with. It was very different to the football that I was playing, which was, you know, kill or be killed, basically. Mm. Treated like men, way younger than... I should have been treated like a man, yeah. really. There should have been some, you know, patience and kindness. Some nurturing. And there wasn't and some nurturing. There wasn't with golf. You you have ample opportunity to be nurtured. And still to this day, it's the same. Yeah, no, that, that's a really good I th- point. I think that story of yours there, Rob, it's quite common. That a lot. It seems to be a lot of people that start golf as juniors and, and are fortunate enough to play this sport and be a member of a golf club. They might quit when they go to college or to university or start their career, but they seem to always come back, whether it be in the 30s or the 40s. Well, I think once you've had that experience from a youngster, it's kind of like your sport, if, yeah. you, if you like. And like you said, you, a lot of people are lovely in the game of golf. You can play it hopefully forever. And people do seem to come back. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I this I mean this is basically what's happened to me, right? So I joined Tate that when I was sixteen. That happened. Golf gone. Just um, one last, last, last point on that. Did you ever in yeah. that thirteen years to sixteen, did you ever have ambitions to become a professional golfer? That's my only one question on that. No, no, because you know, you you just watch people that it's way more natural for. Yeah. They they their body under, understands the mechanics yeah. and there's no thinking about it. They just arrive at the ball in the right place. Yeah, That's all I want where, to ask on that topic. And then, I'll, Well, no, because my, my, answer, my answer is this, you know, it's like you can practice a mistake for five years. Mm, yeah. You know, and, and, um, and that's basically what I was doing when I was a kid. There was no sort of, I, I did have one lesson, but there's no tuition, you know, no consistent tuition. 
that wasn't available. So I didn't know what I was doing. No. I was just swinging the club and open it, open the ball when where I wanted it to go. Bit of guesswork. So fast forward, you, you obviously getting to take that, and you start travelling around the world. And obviously, golf takes a backseat for quite a long period, right? Yeah, this is basically my my golf history. So thirteen to sixteen, um, and then nothing again until I would say twenty seven. Okay. Um, and just remind and, us, this is now when you are obviously solo artist at 27, super famous, and you start to come and pick up golf again. Yes. And it went by the wayside again, mm. right? Very, very quickly. Okay. And then in 2006, I gave up the music and I thought that I'd uh, retired erroneously I thought I'd retired so I had all this time on my hands uh, basically I'm an addict and I get to shine this incredible addictive nature in all the right places now not all the wrong places so hence why I can be on the track man for seven hours mm. so I went back to golf and in three months this is my this was my routine. Hit two hundred to three hundred balls on the range in the morning. Play um, what's what's eighteen and eighteen? Thirty six. Thirty. Yeah. Play thirty six holes. Repeat. That wow. was basically what I did every day. And this is two thousand six. Two thousand six. Then after two months, I had a ten over. Then I had an eight over. Then I had a seven over. Then I had a five over. Whoa. And I'm like, I have cracked it. Two things happened. Which is weird, right? This is this is the weird thing. There was it was very satisfying getting five over. Incredibly satisfying. And then it became the opposite of satisfying. It became like reaching the top of the mountain and going, oh, crack that what next then mm. you know it sort of it left me with this hollow feeling because you spend so many hours hitting this ball to try and get it to a place where you understand what you're doing and then when you feel as though you've achieved it i i i, I it was there was, a, was a, this hollow feeling then i couldn't break a hundred i couldn't break a hundred right i couldn't break a hundred Five rounds, six rounds, seven rounds, right? Eight rounds. On the eighth round, I was like, I am never playing this game ever again. Boom. <laughs> the clubs went into the draw. That was the golf gods' punishment for yeah. you thinking you'd cracked golf, right? <laughs> yeah. That was the golf yeah. god saying, five over, you've not cracked this sport. Yeah. Here you go. It's eight hundreds in a row. So you packed it away. Yeah. That was what? Was that a really short time frame? That was that in a year, six months? I think it was less than six months. Wow. Right? So that was 2006. Yeah. Clubs packed yeah. away. Never thinking you were playing a golf again, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, never thought. I, yeah, never thought that I was going to play golf again. I mean, I was, I was hideously depressed at the time too. So if you are... Uh, if you are vulnerable and if you are sensitive 
and you mix that with a game that makes you vulnerable and makes you sensitive, <laughs> you know, and makes you doubt yourself and not like yourself. It's a potent combination. So it was hurting me more than I was getting enjoyment out of it. But that happened to go with my mental health at the time. Then cut to Rick Shields and your channel got me back into golf. Ta-da. <laughs> oh, that's very good. And what year was that? Was that 2015 or so? Um, or later? I reckon 2000, 2015, 2016, when, whenever the Dubai floodlit thing yeah i think out. it was about 15 so, so th- was that just you stumbling across a golf video on youtube or did you go out there to search it or how, how did you uh, probably a long time to remember but how did that ever okay. come about so i love youtube like i love love youtube like it's my it's replaced terrestrial tv for me yeah oh yeah it's where it's where i go all of the time uh, to find interviews, to uh, I, you know, I'm a big UFO nut. I'm a big conspiracy fan. So this there's place, plenty of that. Is ju- oh, there's just so many rabbit holes to fall down and stay there for months. One of the rabbit holes that I fell down was Rick Shields, which came up and was recommended to me, and gave that a go. And uh, and then I've stayed ever since. Great. I tell you what, I wanted to come on to this. The story. Honestly, <laughs> this is, I don't think I've ever told you this. So one afternoon, August last year, maybe, maybe a tiny bit, maybe July, um, one night I'm going to bed and just before I was going to bed, I was checking through my phone. I just suddenly on Instagram and I'm looking at my follow list and going, hold on, what, what the, that's Robbie Williams has followed me on Instagram. Blue tick account, it's the real deal. I said to my wife, my wife, massive take that fan, massive Robbie Williams fan. I'm saying to her, don't mean to alarm you. <laughs> Robbie Williams has just followed me on Instagram. And she's freaking out. She is freaking out. Oh, cool. And I'm like, calm down, calm down. She's like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, what does it mean? I said, I don't know what it means yet. <laughs> Give me mean? time. Because he doesn't he doesn't play golf. That was my thought. Yeah. I said, Robbie Williams doesn't play golf. It can't be. I, in my head, it was you had someone looking after your social media account, a young, you know, um, like an intern that happens just to be on your account instead of his own account. Finger slits. Yeah, yeah, finger slits. He's following me. So I didn't think anything of it. I thought it'll wash over. Woke up next day, going to my DMs. One new message, Robbie Williams. I'm like, holy crap. This is actually, for your, this is for real. And it went on it. And obviously the message you sent me something along the lines of love watching YouTube videos, you know, do a great job, um, whatever it was, keep up the good work. And we, we'd, we'd exchange a few messages back and forth and Guy works for me. So I was telling Guy and I'm screenshotting everything. Guy, Robbie Williams is messaging me here. <laughs> and then a couple of, maybe a day later or so, um, we used to go to the David Lloyd near us and we're having some lunch and this, that, and the other. And we, again, you're messaging. And this might be the time, Rob, you asked, said, you know, any chance you fancy coming down, come and spend a couple of days with me, we'll play some golf, you give us a bit of coaching. I was like, this sounds great, perfect. And you said, what's your phone number? And I'm thinking, oh my God. So I gave you my phone number. And literally two minutes later, my phone rings, FaceTime, off a number I didn't realize. And I'm like, that's a guy, I'm like, I think, uh, I think Robbie Williams might be FaceTiming me here. Bear in mind, I'm sat in a public place. I'm sat in David Lloyd Cafe restaurant area, yeah. which if you're listening from America, it's a, it's a gym over here and they have big seating areas. 
So I answer, pops up you in a, was it, I think you're in an airport in Russia. Hey, Rick, it's Robbie. Uh, like, how you doing, pal? I'm like, this is surreal. But felt very natural straight away. Like, felt like I could chat to you and you could chat to me. And it was really cool. And then a couple of weeks later, I came down to your pad, stayed at yours for a couple of days, which was mega. Uh, we played a bit of golf. Genuinely, I've, I probably didn't say this to you at the time, I was ridiculously nervous playing with you that first day. Like, uh, you ridiculous. Know, I, you, you, you mentioned that to me the second time you came down. Um because, like, your first drive just was like... <laughs> <laughs> it was, wasn't it? on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, it was playing at Bowwood, which is dead nice. Par was it a snap putt left? No, big push right. Oh, was it? Massive push right. It, honestly, my first hole was horrendous. Um, I get quite nervous anyway. And it was more... I wasn't nervous being with you, as in you were really nice. It was just like... Holy shit! Like this is someone You've I've got followed. To perform as well. A this bit. is someone I followed for a while, and he's invited me down because he watches me on YouTube. Doesn't know that I edit the bad shots out. And I'm joking. And uh, I've got to step up here and play some golf. But it was more excitement. It was like it was that kind of nerve um, jangling experience. But it, you know, we got on great, and it was really good. And the progress you made on those first couple of days were amazing. Then the next visit, we made that YouTube video, and it went down really well. Um, uh, yeah, it was just it was just a cool 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 story and uh like i said to be able to get you on the podcast like this and stuff it, it's megan like i feel i can i love chatting to golf about you because it's you have such a great understanding about it now um the question i wanted to ask going back on that nerve do you ever get really nervous playing golf uh do i ever get yeah i i do i do get really nervous uh playing golf um especially as weirdly when i'm playing through someone we've caught someone up weirdly when i'm playing through i hit my best shots oh really it's like it's like i need the audience for me to hone in but like the worst thing that happens is especially when i've when i've gone down this sort of uncomedic golf cul-de-sac that I've found myself in the last several months is when you're with some new pals and you're playing new golf with new people and your golf game goes horrendously and they don't say anything. That's the worst thing because then you're left alone in your own mind and all you need really is, and, and I do it all the time, right? Uh, Next one, you'll get it next one. Come on. You know, it's like I'm I'm always there with the sort of reassuring confidence mm-hmm. because I know what I need. The worst feeling is spending nine holes in your own head and everybody else goes silent. Yeah. <laughs> it's, hor- it's horrible. I actually walked off after nine holes like a month ago. Because you were playing I, so I, bad. I, I, because I was playing so bad and it felt so lonely in my mind that to carry on would have been just detrimental. Do you think it's harder as well? Because everybody who sees you on a golf course, you play through, knows who you are. Do you, does that play on it your is, mind? It is, because it, in the back of my mind, all of the time is, I want to, I want to get to the point where I'm, I've got a proficient enough game to take it to the Alfred Dunhill mm-hmm. Cup, you know, 
or playing these pro-ams. And when I don't get to the point that I want to be at, I imagine myself on the television embarrassing myself in front of millions of people, you know. And it is it is ego, I suppose, that you're sort of on the driving range and somebody comes by and they look at you and they go, oh, it's Robbie Williams. And then they, they, they're in the bay next to you. And then, you, you know, it's like I'm the first one to turn around and start making excuses why I'm not hitting it straight. Those well, Rick Shields videos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bloody watch that, lad. Well, it's the thing, like, everybody knows if you played through somebody, and not to hype this pressure up anymore, you know they're going to go back home and say to the wives or the girlfriends or the friends, but hell, Robbie Williams played through us today. Oh, how did he play? Is it good? Or... Yeah, uh, did he, he, he <laughs> yeah, smoked yeah. one, or he actually chunked one, or he missed a two-foot putt, or it's like, yeah. it's quite like, because they want... You're, you're part of the story. Your golf shot is part of... It's the, not just letting for a random blow because there's no story to that. Like I get nervous in in front of people who've watched me on YouTube. It's like, they expect me to hit a good shot here and, and me as a professional, I should hit a good shot. But sometimes those nerves, my own thought in my own head override my ability just to hit a great shot and forget about it. Because I don't want anyone walk. Oh, what's that, Rick Shields? He hit a bloody tee shot on the first hole at Bowwood and smashed it into a tree on mm. the right. Like I feel like that. That yeah, almost there's, there's there's expect there's expectancy, but there's also for for me there's expectancy because you know I'm gifted with the opportunity to have the best help and the best equipment mm. and time. I haven't got a I haven't got a nine to five job. Most of my job requires me working in the evening. You know, so there is nothing that I can blame uh, about why my game is inadequate, which is another turnip that I heap onto the pile of why I should be better than I actually am. Question: How many? What's the biggest audience you've ever performed in front of? Um, in front of me, 125,000 each night at Nebworth for three nights. Oh, my God. Wow. Would you, now, if you were to rewind back time, stood on that stage, would you hit a shot in front of everyone? A golf shot? Uh, and they'd see the outcome. I don't think they'd be excited. I know, I, I know, I but know, you'd do I it. Don't know if no, 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 I don't think they'd be excited to see me put. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but, hey, listen... I'm not a bad putter. Not a bad putter. I, do you know? Do you know the most helpful video of yours, and uh, and it's what I go back to if my chips aren't working because I just use I, I use a nine iron for everything. Basically, ain't nothing wrong with a little bump in nine. There you go. And um, you know when that fails to work for me like it normally does, I go to the stood up. With your uh, club, mm. um, the toe dug in slightly. The, the toe dug yeah. in, and and then you sort of pendulum. Mm-hmm. You sort of very very robotic, back and forth. No snapping of the wrist. No nothing. Just treat it like a putter. And I, I think that's been the most helpful video for my golf game when stuff isn't working for me. At least I know that if I revert to that, I can get the ball onto the green and roughly near the flag. Yeah, it's a, it's a fail-safe option, it really is. Um, a few more questions. 
Just a quick one I just have, just sorry on that, Rob. When you do play golf, what's your favourite format? It sounds that you are very kind of gross score orientated. Is that what you'd always just play, standard, just stroke play? Standard stroke play. And and the best way to ruin a game is to mark a card. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we, we all know that. That, 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 that. I had a great game. You know, I, I turned to my mate the other day, we were playing golf, and I said, I think I'm going to have it inscripted in on my tombstone. I played well yesterday, <laughs> you know, because I keep turning to people that I'm I, I'm making friends with, and I keep going. I played well on Wednesday, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> I did honestly. So my, uh, yeah, my my the the game that I play because I'm going to get involved with all the medals and all the tournaments, and they're they're all stroke play. Yeah. So, yeah. You like keeping full score. How yeah. how do you think? Okay, you're obviously a really cool person, and you have massive influence across the world. How do you think golf can attract more new golfers? Have you got any thoughts on it? And if you haven't, it's fine. But yeah, have you got any I, kind I of do. ideas? I do. I do. Yeah, I do. And this is this is what I want to happen. You know, I think that it should be mandatory that much like every university gives grants to lots of people to go to that university. I think every club without fail should have to grant, I don't know, an arbitrary amount of people with equipment and give them tuition so that it's, um, you know, it's gratis, it's pro bono. And I, I, the, the, it, I want to organise something where you take somebody from a council estate in Stoke-on-Trent or you take somebody from a council estate in Hackney and you turn them into a professional golfer. You give them the opportunity that I was given when I was a kid. You know, I'm, It was 50 quid to join my, my golf course. The most expensive thing about the game really is golf balls because you can pick up... You can pick up equipment for, you know, old equipment from 2006 for a very, very, very reasonable price, you know. But there is um, a small minority that exists in the game of golf that puts off the uninitiated that don't know about golf out there. And uh, it would be my dream to gift the opportunity of this very, very special game to a bunch of people in the thousands around the world that would never have the opportunity to know that it exists and know that this game is for them. Imagine the people out there that are actually natural golfers mm-hmm. that never knew. Big time. Yeah. No, there, there definitely is. It's it's, And I love that idea. I think that's a really good way of seeing it where, like say, you are being able to offer... Golf people who would never have had a chance to play golf, like say in Hackney or in, like mentioning like a council estate in Stoke on Trent, etc. I think the only thing you've got to do there is almost scale it up to mass, like because you've almost got to give a, a thousand people an attempt to try it to maybe attract ten people into it. I think if you're just going to that ten people going into it that join the golf club and stuff, great. But you almost need to do it on a mass scale. I think that's where a lot more of these popular driving ranges are going up now, like Top Golf's and fun driving ranges, where 
a lot of people are going, not really that interested in golf. And if you can just start to convert en masse a few of those to start to come down to the golf course, be able to come and have a, a chance of playing golf, you would see a massive influx of golfers. I, I honestly believe that. I think that's a really good a really good step and a good idea. I could see, a, trying to think what, we, what you could call it, the Williams Initiative. The Williams Golf uh, Initiative. Well, uh, working it's, title. It's good st- Good working title. <laughs> it's not the best. <laughs> <laughs> if um right, another one. A lot of people get asked, what's your favourite if you could build a four ball of people to go out with, who would it be? But I want to do a slight twist on it. They have to be people in the music industry, dead or alive. And you can have four of them, including you. So basically I'd, it's a five I'd prefer ball. I'd prefer them to be alive. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um Okay, so John Lennon. And did he yeah. did he play golf? No, no. Oh no, yeah, they I mean, have to. I'm know. thinking. I'm thinking golfers. They have to have golf. Uh, oh, okay, okay. I've got this. I've got this. Uh, Bob Hope. Mm. Okay. Groucho Marx. I'd like to think Dean uh, Martin. I feel like I should know that Groucho Marx. Okay, they, he was um, in uh, the 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 Marx the the Marx brothers, and he okay. was. Uh, he was a comedian from the 40s and the 50s, uh, beloved, incredible thinker, incredible mind, and just razor-sharp wit. So music music be... artist as well. Oh, has it got to be... Oh, su- oh yeah, Sugar, it's got to be... Uh, I was going to say Bob Hope's music. not music, is he? Uh, okay, all right. So, Dean Martin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can have him. Uh, uh, Frank Sinatra. I was going to say Frank's got to be I up just there, go. You're I, a just big... go I, just, I just go with the Rat Pack. <laughs> Did they all golf? Uh, yeah, they all golfed. Because I know Frank Sinatra obviously did. Obviously, you're a massive Frank Sinatra fan with all the swing music he did. Because he didn't he do yeah. a, didn't he do a song about golf? Was it hitting the fairways? Straight or down the, the middle. middle. That's it. <laughs> went straight down the middle. That's him. Yeah. Um, so we got. So the rap pack, you've got three or four there. Anyone else? Anyone yeah. else going in your in your mix? There's there's nobody that I can think of off the top of my head. Name name some musicians that play golf. Alice Cooper, well, yeah. Niall Horan, yeah. Justin Timberlake, Will Smith, uh, Will Smith, Will Smith would be great to play golf. He would, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you ever uh, imagine uh, it, a Ryder Cup music edition? You're the well, cap. You're the deck, captain. And, and, Ant and Deck did something like that. Can you remember? Yeah, I do actually. Was it was it UK versus or was it not? In, was it not like Wales versus England versus Scotland versus that. Ireland? Was it not more just UK based or did they have Americans as well? Michael Douglas turned up. All right, well there you go. Then he it played. must have been. It must have been. Yeah. It must have been international. Uh, there is there is an idea for that sort of soccer aid, but with golf kind of thing that um, I, I think would be rather fun to do i think it would be good i'll come and i'll come and be the coach i'll come make a sick video on it um last questions plans for next year what's what's your golf plans for 2021 what uh, if we had this same conversation at the end of 2021 what do you want to say you play off what do you want to say your strengths are and what do you want to say you've accomplished okay so what i play off by the end of next year is eight that's the goal and um, I think that that is more than achievable. Um, and here's the thing. Here's the jeopardy. If I'm not, 
I, I'm not playing. No, wow. don't say that. No, no, it, it's 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 too heartbreaking. I can't stay. I can't stay where I am right now. And do you think you'd be happy when you get to eight, or are you going to want to get lower? That'll be five. Oh, I'll I'll, I'll want to get lower. My expect my expectations have just jumped so far <laughs> in the last week. It's you wouldn't believe where my expectations got to, just because of my new swing. I tell you what, I do have to work on, which is everything's working now. Apart from my hips and my legs. Okay, so just half your body. It's just yeah, it's just that I can get I can get a hundred and five club head speed, but my 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 hips are at five miles an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Your arms are doing the rest. My arms my arms are making it go, but. you know, it's like I, I, I watch my swing in slow-mo now and I, I, I like what the arms are doing um, and I like what's happening with the ball. But then I, I look at my legs and they're just they're just not working. You can get them working. It is, a, it is, using the lower body is definitely one of the hardest things in golf because it's so against what you think is going to produce the power. You think the arms, the upper body are going to produce the power. Like yeah. Uh, yeah. You, when you actually start to bring in the legs, and this is where you mentioned before, like you could play with someone who's five foot seven who hits it two, seven, five. You watch the leg work, it's unreal. Rory's I mean, the are, one for that, isn't he? And you look Rory. at Rory, he's like five, eight, and his speed he can generate yeah. is outstanding. Do you have a favorite golfer, yeah. like a famous like favorite golfer on tour? Hey, well, here's the thing. Uh, there is so much bitchiness about uh, Deschamps right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. What do you uh, just call him? Deschamps. What, uh, oh, uh, hold on. Bryson, Bryson Deschamps. Deschamps. Yeah, Deschamps. Sorry, my brain's not working. It's all right. I thought well, it was like a nickname then. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, it is. It, 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 it's, it's what it's, I call you know it. that, Rick? It's what, it's we, all call what we call Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he calls me Bobby Billion. So... <laughs> But but here's the thing is like I watch I watch um, things like the Masters and the Open so all the majors have got my interest mm-hmm. because of uh, Deschambeau, uh that's his name right yeah yeah, yeah. okay so my my brain is not working it's all right because of him I've start I've started to watch the midweek stuff right ah. and I noticed the other day I'm watching him play. And then when he'd finished his round, I switched off. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that if I'm doing that, there's lots of other people yeah. out there doing that too. And I have noticed the bitchiness surrounding his game and how now we've got to make these golf courses even longer and how dare he take so much time with the putter on the green and you know is making a mockery you jealous bitches Mm -hmm. you know bulk up learn how to hit it further just because he found a a, a glitch in the matrix everybody wants to get on his back i'm in his court He, he he's an entertainer he entertains and uh, that's what I want to see on a golf course is that raw power, that raw speed, that sort of wherever it is, I'm taking a sand wedge next. And, you know, that is entertainment. 
I almost see him, and it, I, know, I think you're into your boxing, aren't you, Rob? He's a bit almost like Deontay Wilder. Yeah. He's not the most... If, if he's on, he's got that knockout blow. And that's like Bryson. If, if, he, if he can be on and smash that driver, he's going to win. And I think Watson... Well, no- I, I, pe- sorry, people were, people were bitching about him making that comment at the Masters. This is a... What was it? Part 67 or something. Part 67 for me. You know, it's like... Why should he not have that attitude going into anywhere? You know, it's like, why would you listen to that comment and take it like his ego is out of whack? You know, you're talking to people whose very lives and very existence uh, revolve around doing well on that golf course. How can he not think that way? And why should he not think that way? As you can tell, I'm quite passionate about it. Well, it isn't for if somebody had been away for six months and practiced the putting and came back and was holding everything, everyone would respect them and say that's that's really hard work and they've done really well. He's done the same thing with his driving. He's gone out there, he's got stronger, got bigger, got faster, got more powerful, started hitting it further, and people are complaining. It, it doesn't make any sense, does it really? Uh, it, do you know what? It's all jealousy. Mm-hmm. It's all jealousy. People don't like change either, do they? and he's definitely changing at the moment. No, he, you know, and he's not—he's not cheating. No, not at all. Not at all. He's swinging bloody fast. He really is. Um, Rob, who that's... do you guys? Who do you guys like? I must admit, I, I go in and out of peaks and what. I really like these young lads. I love Hovland. I really like yeah. Matt Wolf, Morikawa. Yeah. Really like those three lads. I, I just think they. They're not the most charismatic yet. Matt Wolf is a little bit. I think he's he's got a bit of a something to say. I kind of go like this with Bryson a little bit, and I'm not against him. He never drops below my dislike line. <laughs> I would just say some weeks I like him more. Some weeks I'm like, oh, not quite there with you this week. Yeah, I love Tony Fee now. Don't know really know. He just looks like a really nice guy, doesn't he? Yeah. And he hits it miles. Yeah, and then obviously I love. I still love watching Tiger. I mean, literally. Whenever yeah, Tiger comes on, it's like everything stops. I mean, he is the, the but best that's of the that, best. You know, like uh, Bryson, that's that's another example of golf eating itself. Mm. Do you know what I mean? With the with the kickback that he's got, it's another example of golfers and golf people in certain realms not getting it. You know, yeah. if you want to kick this sport on and make it appeal to... You know the masses, uh, I, but but do people want that to happen? Do people I, want to be stuck behind another four ball? I don't think golfers do want golf to grow. I don't. I think that's a. I think the golf industry do. I do. Like people who I want more people watching my videos. I want. Be, I want the golf industry to grow massively. I think golfers. If you went to a local golf club and asked a hundred members, do you want more golfers on your golf course They'd on Saturday? Ninety-five no. percent of them would say no. 100 because they, 95% of them would say no 100% but like yeah. they would say no because they don't want it to be busier like you say they don't want golf courses to be busier it's the industry the golf industry wants it to be busier because it's more people who will buy golf clubs pay for memberships hit golf balls at driving ranges watch youtube videos whatever it may be um i would love it to grow and i i, I don't think it's doing bad though i, I don't actually have any stats on it's, it's definitely been a growth through lockdown when golf came back. There's so many people who had it just taken up the game from scratch or a bit similar to your story, Rob, have come back from not playing for a long time and been inspired by watching YouTube or seeing that they can go and play golf. There's definitely been an increase in memberships and participation. Yeah, massive, massive amount. Well, Rob, best of luck getting down to eight. Thank you for spending 
amazing time with us. You've been great with your time. Any qu- any last questions you want to ask us? Um, any questions? <laughs> Put you on the spot. Um, Do you want to know what my... No, ne- I think... I, br- I, broke, on, yeah. I, I broke my driver the other day. How did you break it? Smashed it in my uh, home simulator. What, because you hit it too hard or you were so frustrated with the I, game? I hit the roof by accident. You hit the roof <laughs> yeah. by so, accident? In my, in my home simulator, where I am now, I've had the middle yeah. section of my garage raised up this bit yeah and if i swing where i should swing from in the middle of the mat where the sensible people should swing from i get nowhere near the roof i'm like nowhere near it but muggins over here decided to try and swing from a different location on the mat i I teed it up too far back i tried to absolutely smash one granted and on my follow-through my club head has hit the 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 basically the cutout section and I'm going to show you on video now. That's that's what's left of my driver head. Wow. Wow. Now, I've got a few, granted, but I might look for a new but, one next year. But here's, here's the thing that you've just pointed out to me. I was renting this house, and I came so close to actually digging down two feet so I could put in a track man in the garage. When all I really have to do is make space up. Mm. Just make enough yeah. space and give I, yourself I, enough I, enough I, space. I now feel like an idiot. Have you got... A, a, so, are you not hitting driver in your bay at the moment? No, I'm not, no. Yeah, just go no, up. I, 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 I'm just... I'm hitting a three wood and um, I'm getting 240 out of it, 233 out of it. That's decent. From a place... From a place where I was hitting, you know, 198, 200 yards. So, but when I get, what, what should I be hitting it? Three wood. Three wood, you want it about 25 yards or 20 yards shorter than your driver. So if you're carrying your driver 250, 260, you'd want it about 230, 240. Oh, okay. So you don't want it to go too Woo-hoo! hot. <laughs> right, Rob, listen, you've been, you've I've been got awesome. to go finish... Can I? Uh, uh, we, we've got. We we should have plans. By the way, talk to me. Just about anything. All right. Okay. Yeah. Because sure. I, I I'm I'm uh, I'm in with a few golf people now. I know. Let's end this I'm here. Keep on the line golf. a sec. <laughs> yeah, we'll carry on talking. Rob, thanks so much. Um, you've been okay. amazing, and thanks everyone for listening awesome. to the podcast. Thank you. Stay stay golfing, everybody. Don't give up like me. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 